My name is Deborah Watling, and I do like the dirty hooers. Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtyhooers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. LRC. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Oolong Stutters Sputnik. Resident Pixie, Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President, Sam. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again to another Dirty Earth Doctor Who podcast. We are going to be taking a look at Tomb of the Cybermen with Patrick Trenton as the Doctor and Fraser Hines as Jamie and Deborah Watling in her first trip out as Victoria Waterfield. This was one of the famous missing episodes until 1992 when it surfaced. It is apparently one of Matt Smith's favourite episodes. He is reported to have watched this, would you credit, over 20 times. No way. Really? Apparently so. Quick rundown on the episode. It was written by Kit Pedler and Jerry Davis. It was written long, 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 long time ago. Four episodes. Season five of Doctor Who, 1967. Year I was born. Directed by Morris Barry, who did another few episodes. He did Moonbase and he did Dominators. And he was also in, as an actor, Creature from the Pit in 79 as well. And he was in loads of other stuff as well, including All Creatures Great and Small with the famous Tristram Farnan and Heidi High. Um, oh, dear God. He was most known for being a producer who did Poldark and all sorts of stuff like that as well. But there you go. So Tomb of the Cybermen was rediscovered and the BBC released it on a DVD, which of course we all watched the DVD, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we didn't watch pirated version or anything. And I'm sure oh, we all... No, I bought the VHS from Visions Convention in Chicago. Mine was on VHS. VHS as well, but I must confess that I did convert my VHS to AVI a while ago. <laughs> Let's get some ratings out of the way. My rating is a $10 hooer. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a $20. Ten, $10 hooer. 10 from the Lightfoot. Sen? 10, no tip. Fuchsia? 10, and they have to pay their own transport costs. But if you'd have asked me a year ago when I watched it the first time, I would have given it a 5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go for yeah. 20. This is a $20 hooer for me. Oh. 20 with some, oh, I, I would treat it to a nice custom corset in a sort of hammer horror mm. vein. There's some good bits in it. That, There's some excellent mm. bits in it. Okay, who wants to go first? I liked it. Uh, I thought it was fun and not as boring as some of the other old ones are, although there is a lot of going back and forth and back and forth. You know how that happens in these old episodes where they just seems like they're killing time, despite the fact that they keep treating Victoria as some sort of lame duck woman. But, you know, for the time, I've seen 1950s 
programs. I remember there was uh, My Three Sons where McMurray's girlfriend wanted to wear a pair of pants and it was a huge outrage and the subject of a whole half hour episode. So, yeah, this so, was 1967 though, not in the 1950s. Yeah. yeah, but it's the same mentality, you know. A lot of people were outraged by hippies and having long hair. Oh my God, they're not cutting their hair. So they kept relegating her to, you sit here and don't do anything. But despite that, her character was actually being shown to be clever and an intelligent person and sort of manipulating a little bit the people around her to think that she's stupid when she's not that stupid. Um, As opposed to Jamie, who is that stupid? Yes, who is. Oh, really? <laughs> he's, Jamie, he's so it, bad. It really bugs me because they write him like he's some sort of special needs <sighs> person. Yeah. No, he's not. And it's like, why are they making him that stupid? I know they need to move the plot along, but couldn't they just be better writers or <laughs> something. I mean, don't make the character so retarded. <laughs> and then when he is patronizing to Victoria... It's patronizing, actually. You just want to shoot him. I mean, it's just like, you are patronizing Victoria? It's pa- patronizing, Please. actually. It's, it's, patronizing. it's ridiculous. Go but anyway, I enjoyed again. it. The doctor, you know, I love Patrick Troughton. He has become one of my favorite doctors, and he gets some great lines in there. I won't spoil it, because we're going to do quotes later, but he has wonderful oh, crap. quotes. Quote. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't look up. We'll give you five minutes You've later. You've got to watch right. it and write it down. It's not like anyone's going to have a quotes page for that, are they? Oh, God. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, there's so many funny little bits in there. The big servant guy. I don't understand that people from the future have servants still. Oh, a servant. big dumb black servant. Oh, my God. I know, and a big uh, black guy. Had chosen a big white guy, you know, maybe, but they chose a black guy. And yeah, it, but they also chose a Spanish person, and they chose Americans, and they chose. It's actually quite multicultural. This now, just because he's black, is. he's one of the few people that actually gets any depth to his character. He does become very heroic. Yeah, he's a crap actor though. Well, oh, you, know. you tell? Oh, no, I mean, he doesn't have anything to do. He just got the whole Quasimodo bit when he's shutting the doors. Dear Lord, that oh was my bad. God. It, does look like they've just found a huge black guy in a gym and said, hey, you want to be in Doctor Who? <laughs> so anyway, I don't have anything really definitive to say about this, except I think it's worth it because of Patrick Troughton, because he's always awesome. I just love him. That's my vague review. Next. <laughs> Amazingly enough, I'm not quite sure which universe I woke up in this morning, but I, I agree with almost everything Terry said. Yeah, I know. Hell? Patrick Troughton chews up every scene he's in, no matter how crap the episode is. And without Patrick Troughton's ability to turn an absolute stinking pile of shit of a script and fellow (laughs) actors into something watchable. This would be a free BJ, but the more screen time Troughton gets, the more impossible it becomes for an episode to be that crap that he's in. Mm -hmm. Because he's just, he's so dynamic on screen. And and he makes other actors better, which, oh, Lord knows they needed it in this. (laughs) That's a nice point. He really does, doesn't he? He really tries to drag people up to, I think he must be a very giving actor, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. He seems just to drag people up to his level. It's like he's so talented at what he does that he can instantaneously make a crap line sound believable, and he has enough concentration left over to try and feed something off to someone else. But, yeah. yeah. Thank you for that, Lulin. I needed that. <laughs> you said. 
you made a comment earlier about it being a multicultural episode. Does it count if every single example is as hideously stereotypical as they can possibly be? That's oh, not multicultural. Shit. That's insulting. No, dude, it's, dude, no it's really dude. not. It's 1967. It's representation, mate. Was that guy actually American? Think, yeah. Said no, that was, we, what did was you think it? of the oh Americans? They were brilliant. <laughs> the, no, the Yanks are great. And all the Yanks, they, they kind of flew the spaceship. The brilliant the Yanks are great. <laughs> it was horrid. It was just horrible. It's oh, I'm like, on that. It was truly it's awful. Like, <laughs> fantastic. The guy, I don't even remember his name, the rocket pilot. It's like he went to the William Shatner School of Acting and failed Not out. Even. Yeah, well, he's exactly. Canadian, isn't he? Failed out at the Shatner <laughs> School. I mean, for God's sake, it was horrid. Oh, man. Oh, oh, actually, he's Austrian. The actor is actually Austrian. Well, that yeah. explains a lot. <laughs> I happen to know. I feel for him and his people. I mean, that's not a good representation <laughs> of anyone. And the thing is, it was just this coalesce of badness. The actors weren't that talented, period. But in their defense, they were given shit. And even though the lines were questionable, the plot was, what? Really? I mean... <laughs> How is this? What was going on? (laughs) Yeah, the Cybermen concocted this big, elaborate plan to have semi-smart people who are good at crosswords and puzzles come (laughs) unlock them from their tomb. Why? This makes no sense. We know that. Oh, come on, Fuchsia. How many Dungeons & Dragons plots have you played? This would have been fine if this was a (laughs) role-play adventure. You're exactly right, Ulan. This was written by a bunch of 12-year-old boys on the playground. You're exactly right. (laughs) 100%. That that explains everything, including the bra that's going to poke your eyeballs out that Victoria's wearing. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. Victoria looks great in this. She looks great. She is hot. Okay, what irks me, and you know, when I first saw this episode when I was a teenager, and I saw the American debut of this at Visions, first time it was ever shown in North America, and I was so excited. I was 15, and I'm like, oh, this is great. This is old Doctor Who. No one's ever seen it on this continent. And she's hot. Ooh, she's hot. You know, mm-hmm. 15. It was great. But now that I've gotten a little bit older and I look back on it, I go, you know, through Second Life mostly, I've learned a lot about the Victorian era and stuff. And mm-hmm. what bothers me about Jamie and Victoria is people really were smart in their era. Okay, so they didn't have technology, but that's okay. They mm-hmm. still had smart people who could look at a situation and figure things out. And they're both morons. Just because you come from an era without advanced technology doesn't mean you're all idiots. That seems an extremely arrogant thing to write it like that. I bet most of the Highlanders were frighteningly smart in order to survive that environment without any technology. Jamie's an idiot. He suffers from a lot of what quite a few of the other companions do. Depending on who's writing them, they are absolutely thick as two short planks or functional human beings. Yeah. Yeah. But Jamie is really cute. (laughs) Oh, God, And he wears the kilt, okay? He's got cute legs. He's allowed to be blonde. (laughs) That he is. And with that coat, you can almost tell if he really is or not. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. We asked him about that. He wasn't allowed to go with the full Scotsman because Uh it was a family show. And just in case there were any unfortunate camera angles. Uh It's actually very well known amongst fan circles as well that Fraser Hines is hung like a racehorse. (laughs) 
<laughs> How is that so, well known? How it's just one of those well things. Known? Just one of those things. You know, one of those things you just know. One of those just just things you know. Just a thing you know. No, I don't know. I think you know. I don't know what you mean. It's a thing you know. I don't know. I think you know. I don't know what you mean. What are you talking about? So argumentative. Fuchsia, you'll go. The only thing that saves this is the fact that it's Trout, because otherwise it's a pile of toss. It really is badly written, mostly badly acted. Oh, dearie me. The comedy accents, the characterisation, the, oh, nobody saw what happened when this sodding big gun came out of a wall and shot the guy in the back. Oh, God. I mean, everybody's peripheral vision on Doctor Who is just abysmal. They're all (laughs) short-sighted. They can't see anything that's more than six inches in front of their faces. And it just gets worse. But the fact that Patrick Troughton is there does save it all it's at least an episode and a half too long there's just far too much buggering about it really is very very silly it makes no sense whatsoever the Cybermen are actually incredibly difficult to understand I really have yeah. to strain to work out what they were saying it made a lot they more sense they all have throat again. cancer <laughs> they, they, were they using didgeridoos I mean <laughs> they are pretty when, fucking bad they when they were all talking uh, it was like I used to smoke 20 a day. (laughs) Ridiculous. No, I mean, it has to be said, some of the worst voice synthesizer things going off. Oh. You can't understand them sometimes, can you? You really can't. The doctor's reply and you think, hang on, can I, can I glean what that side man just said by what the doctor... And you can't half the time. There are some very good bits in it, as people have mentioned. Perhaps the best bit is the little speech that the second doctor has with Victoria about her father. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. I mean, that is... And family, beautiful. yeah. How you bring mm. them to mind, etc. And then, yeah, mm. it's really nice, yeah. And that just shows how good an actor Troughton is, the fact that he can bring something that delicate and tender into the midst of all the awful rotting stench of garbage that's going on around it. Yes. Having watched it again after a year, I was much more kindly disposed towards it than I was originally, but mostly because of Troughton. Okay, my go. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this episode. It's really, really hammer horror. It's like hammer horror meets Forbidden Planet. It's got that no. real sense. Oh, it is. The sets are incredible. There's huge, great walls mm. of lights and patterns and loads yeah, of levers to play Things I, that I open want up. that, like, awesome. Russian roulette thing was awesome. And... It's also really creepy. That scene where the Cybermen start breaking out of the tombs, it is really quite... And for the time, it must have really been quite chilling. It has a lot for me of beautiful moments. And also, I pretty much think it motors along. There's always constantly something happening. Now, whether that's just running around, as Fuchsia says, or whatever, but it does, it cracks along at a fair old pace. And I think it fills out the episodes. Now, yeah, Troughton is fantastic in it, but you could watch Troughton open an envelope. You know, you're going to get a good show. That's basically what you've got in this, and it's okay. (laughs) No, you're right. You're right about that. I didn't find the back and forth stuff so boring as other adventures. And if you smell thick assistance, Tegan's a trained airline hostess. She's as thick as too short. Planks is Tegan. (laughs) Unless they actually specify that the character's a genius or it's Sarah Jane, then pretty much they're (laughs) goddamn stupid to the core. It's their job to be stupid to the core. Now, okay, this was Victoria's first time out, and she doesn't get many good lines, and in places her acting is utterly fucking appalling. I mean, it's it's pathetic. (laughs) It really is. But it was their first time out. And for a first time out, there's been worse introductions to assistance. The thing is, though, Jamie's so stupid that it makes you wonder the only reason he's wearing the kilts because he won't be able to get his pants undone. <laughs> yeah. Aww. It's not an episode where Jamie has a glimmer of intelligence. <laughs> there really isn't. Fraser Hines is a nice bloke. He's a lovely yeah. bloke. I've seen him cuddling Fuchsia on a sofa. He's a lovely oh, yeah. guy. But <laughs> Jamie, you wouldn't invite him to the party. Would you? Could you just 
leave your thick mate at home, could you? You know, the guy that just like stares at birds and drinks all the time. Oh, no, you'd want him there for random brainless totty for the girls. <sighs> because he was a hottie. Yeah, speaking as a guy, you don't invite other random brainless totty to your parties. No, <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. That will get you nowhere. Yeah, you yeah, know, guys it, who you look good stood next to. My name's Fraser Hines. I play Jamie in Doctor Who, and you're listening to the Dirty Whores podcast and I'd like to bring my two dusty whores, Deborah Watling and Wendy Padbury along to meet you sometime. Seriously, I love this episode and I love it because I'm a big fan of the old Hammer films. To be honest, when you talk about the plot and stuff, I think this is great drama. I think this is great BBC drama of the time and I really can't understand why so many people slag this off. I think this is a jewel to be found again. I think it's very, I use the phrase indicative of the time a lot, but it is. I was talking to Sen about this earlier. I read a lot of the old X-Men comics. 12 X-Men comics is a year and you see a year pass and you see the politics change and people change and opinions change and things like that and they're a real slice of Americana almost by the year I love that and it's the same with Doctor Who we can't look at this with modern eyes and judge it that it's racist and sexist and to be honest it's only a little bit racist and it's only a little bit sexist even by modern yeah. standards I'm okay with that stuff really yeah. my gripe is not it's not the era stuff you notice I didn't criticize sets and I didn't criticize music because it's okay that that stuff's a bit dated they really did a good mm-hmm. job for the time. Oh, yeah. My beef is that it's just badly acted and poorly mm-hmm. written, period. Mm-hmm. You can look at other episodes from before the Lost episodes. You can look at some of the Hartnells, where the acting by the supporting cast was far better and the writing was far, far better. I love having an early Troughton in existence, but... Mm. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, this is the first full surviving Troughton yes. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, I do have a couple of major problems with it. And my major problems is that Klieg, the bad guy, the bad scientist, mm. is probably one of the shittest villains oh, I have yes. ever seen in an episode of Doctor Who. He's fucking awful. Utterly unconvincing as well. Even Jamie could just pick him up and snap his neck. He's rubbish. The woman's called Kaftan, which just bugs me, and <laughs> looks a little bit like my Auntie Angela did around the same period and that bugs me as well oh okay i gotta tell you this and it's actually my favorite quote from the episode but since no one on screen said it (laughs) it won't actually go in that segment because you reminded me when you talked about her solace my wife in real life who Mm -hmm. is legally blind looks at the tv and and she kind of squints and leans forward and goes who beat that woman with an ugly stick (laughs) (laughs) i about fell off the couch when she did I tell you what I've never liked as well, and this is the first time they turned up. I think yes, it is the first time they turned up. I've never liked Cybermats. Oh God, they're so stupid. They're so stupid. Why do Cybermats even exist? What is the point of them? They're just crap. Because yeah. it can't oh, be merchandising excuse in 1967. Now I know why they're turning up because the BBC can sell them and make loads of money out yes. of them. 1967. Yes. Well, they're not as bad as Cyber Wraiths, though, are they? Eh? Oh my god. Oh dear god, no. The scene where they're breaking out of the tomb, that is a really good scene, and they have that funky, quote, modern music, unquote. You know, that sort of rhythmic thing that they were doing with the music. It was kind of a cool, I saw what they were trying to do, you know. I, I liked it, and I liked the effect of the plastic, and they put snow on the plastic so it's less cheap plastic and more of some sort of film. I just liked that idea for a production that has no money. I think they did a pretty good job there. And then at the very end of the adventure, when they entomb themselves again and all they did was run the film backward, I thought that was good. I liked that. 
Yeah, but it wasn't just twice, though, was it? I mean, that piece of film had oh, about God. six forwards and backwards runs on it, so they got really good value out of it. And it was good the first time, but it was just like, oh, God, not this again. Yeah, but you're looking at it all in one go. You're not looking at it spread over four weeks. Right. This is 1967. That would have been the most awesome fucking scary thing ever. Proper hammer. I mean, the Cybermen are so all about conversion. They're almost like zombies. It's like the mummy. It's like the hammer mummy. It very much had that feel to it. And the guy who plays the cyber leader has got to be seven foot. Oh, I know. He's a monster. I mean, okay, he's got that thing on top of his head like a copper, hasn't he? But, you know, he's huge, massive guy. I yeah. love that big brain thing he had on. <laughs> that yeah. Hat. I was so chuffed when they released an action figure of that. I mean, you know, like when they released the old ones, the dapple ones, they released an action figure. I was so chuffed at that. Oh, the, the guy who played the cyber leader yeah. was six foot seven. Mm-hmm. Was he indeed? Holy and crap. he played the K1 robot in Robot. Oh my! Mm. Hey, that's quite a cool claim to fame, isn't it? I was a K1 robot. Mm, that is very cool. Wow. He also played the Green King in the Moon Stallion, and the Moon Stallion was written by the guy who did Curse of Peladon and the Monster of Peladon. Mm. And most of you will not remember that at all because it was fairly obscure. But it also had Nissa in it, Sarah Sutton. Oh, oh she's okay, lovely, Sarah Sutton. Oh, I like Sarah Sutton. She's so cuddly. Oh. <laughs> She is, though. I was never she a fan of her. She does know her Jaffa cute. She's really, really cute and dead sweet and just really yeah. nice and unassuming. She's lovely. Although, you know, as her character, I just thought she was always really kind of boring. I don't yeah, know. Nissa kind of was, wasn't she? Yeah. And then she got a kit off at the end. What was that all about? What happened? She got down to her underwear in the last episode yes. and was like, oh, hey, Nissa's gone. Oh, she's gone. Really? I don't yeah. remember that at all. Yeah. yeah. You're hot. Terminus. Crap. Yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> go? Now I'm going to go away and open a candle shop or whatever she did. <laughs> you know? Oh no, that was Judy Trot. That's a whole different program. Treat all those sick people. My name is Sarah Sutton, and you're listening to some very old people. Who did you say you were? Okay, so have we all ranted enough? Probably. Good lord. Anyone got any quotes? Oh yeah, this is the perfect example of how Troughton can save an episode. The way he delivered this. How did you know that in the first place? Oh, I use my own special technique. May we know what it is? Keeping my eyes open and my mouth shut. And yes. the way the way that Troughton delivered that, it's like everyone on set stopped in their tracks. <laughs> it was the only well-acted moment in the show because I don't think anyone was acting. They're all looking at him like, oh. I have expected all the actors in the room to just look at the evil guy and go, burn! Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) I got two, because I love the way that they are relentless, the Cybermen. You shall be like us. Just the delivery of that, and they stop the episode there. But my favorite has to be the classic, when I say run run yeah when he said that i was i wonder if that's the first time he says that no i'm sure it's not i bet he says it in power of the daleks it's just such a great thing that the doctor's always saying that through every incarnation well for me the doctor says uh, the power cable generated electric field and confused their tiny metal minds you might almost say they've had a complete metal breakdown and everyone goes (laughs) (laughs) and then he's like i'm so sorry jamie <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I wonder if that bit was ad lib. It makes you wonder. It surprised so me. Cute. Great little exchange between those two. I mean, they do have great chemistry. They do. Oh, You're right. Yeah, for all of Jamie's faults as a character, Fraser Hines and Patrick Troughton get along really well. You can tell. Yeah. And it's lovely to watch the two of them working together, despite the fact that Jamie is as dumb as a stick. <laughs> yes. Is the doctor as intelligent as we think he is, or is it that his companions are just like fucking retards? 
my quote is the one with Victoria and it's, it is a long one so I'll just go in for the yeah. end bit and Victoria basically sets it off with you probably can't remember your family and the doctor says oh yes I can when I want to and that's the point really I have to really want to to bring them back in front of my eyes the rest of the time they sleep in my mind and I forget and so will you oh yes you will you'll find there's so much else to think about to remember our lives are different to everybody else's that's the exciting thing that nobody in the universe can do what we're doing oh yeah very that's good a classic classic that, moment that felt very new series when he said it that. did and, it and did when I watched Tomb of the Cybermen I knew that we were going to be doing a podcast and that actually made me think back to how many times I've ripped on RTD for this whole family bent in the new series kind of taking away something from the doctor and, and maybe in hindsight I need to back off that a little bit because the doctor always has had that side but you're right that was very new series when he said that I immediately thought I can see Matt Smith saying that well Matt Smith actually said that it was watching this episode that inspired his costume even Mm -hmm. oh yeah you can tell can I say one more quote you know the one where he's like talking to the villain and he's playing up to him I love that and he goes why you could be commander of the universe with your brilliance it makes imagination real with the possibilities and Klieg says why doctor if I'd only known you shared my imagination you might even have worked for me and (laughs) he says perhaps it's not too late Jamie panics doctor no Jamie don't you see what this is going to mean to all the people who come to serve Klieg the all-powerful, why no country, no person would dare to have a single thought that was not your own. Eric Klieg's own conception of the way of life. And Klieg responds, brilliant! Yes, you're right! Master of the world! And the doctor says, well, now I know you're mad. I just wanted to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He does that a lot, Troughton's doctor. Yeah, just mess like, with people. He winds them up. The only thing that really sort of unnerves me about this is the fact that, I think one of them says it, you know, if the doctor just hadn't bothered opening the door in the first place, all of that could have been avoided. But it's that flaw yeah. in his character, though, isn't it? It's the fact that he wants to know. He wants to solve the puzzle. He can't not solve the puzzle once it's put in front of him, even well, though he's well know, aware of the fact it's going to cause a problem. The way they said, oh, you must be an archaeologist, too. And he goes, oh, does it show? Okay, folks, so that was our somewhat quiet review, actually, of Tomb of the Sidemen. We've clearly not drunk enough. We didn't actually spin the wheel of who for that at all. We had a long argument, got running to about 140 emails going backwards and forwards as to which one we were going to review, and decided that we hadn't actually reviewed Troughton yet in all the time. We've talked about Troughton's but we hadn't actually reviewed a Troughton, so that was our review of a Troughton. It's one of the few full early Troughtons. I say, if you get the chance to see it, see it. But, you know, have yourself a brandy and have yourself a nice roaring open fire and think of Hammer Horror when you do, because it hasn't aged well. (laughs) With modern eyes, some episodes of Doctor Who appear incredibly racist and incredibly sexist and incredibly old, and the effects are poo. (laughs) That's one mind. of the reasons that we love it. It's gone on for generations and generations, and it's been a slice of life for so many people. But Patrick Trowner, raise a glass to you, sir. You're greatly missed by all Doctor Who fans, even if they Yay. don't know it yet. Yay. You're here. You've been listening to... The Dirty Hooers Doctor Who Podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh, yeah. We're also on Facebook. See you next time.
apparently the Tenth Doctor samples a buffalo wing in Voyage of the Damned. Well, I think if we'd all been sampling buffalo wings during Voyage of the Damned, we would have been spending our time far more appropriately. I would have been eating my own arm, I think, at that point. (laughs) (laughs) 